0: Right. All right. Welcome to the Friday update this morning. Hope everyone's Friday is off to a good start. Uh, We've got some good stories to go over today just about uh, remote work, general conversation about uh, how Evan and I feel about remote work, um, how Elon Musk feels about remote work. That's what's going to kind of spark this conversation is the emails that Elon sent out. Uh, And then we're also going to talk just about uh, the overall economy in general. And that was prompted by um, Jamie Dimon and some of the comments that he's made. Uh, about the state of the economy currently. So we'll get Evan in here in just a second and we'll get started. Uh, Before we dive in completely though, I want to take a second to go over our sponsors and thank them for their support. Uh, So the first sponsor we have is KY Innovation. Welcome, Evan. How's it going? Um, Yeah, so I was just going over our sponsors. Uh, First one being KY Innovation. Uh, So KY Innovation is doing a lot of awesome things in the state of Kentucky to foster an innovation economy and support entrepreneurs and startups. So we're really grateful for their support. It's been awesome working with them over the past season. And then we've also got Bolt Marketing, which built our website. Uh, So if you haven't checked out Middletech.com, go do so. We just launched our merch shop as well, uh, which we're really excited about. So um, other than that, I think it's uh, it's time to go ahead and dive in. We got Nick Hostetter trying to join in here as well. Should we let him in? Maybe later. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's not getting in. Um, all right. Well, let's start with this conversation about uh, remote work. So this is kind of, as I mentioned, spurred by these emails that Elon Musk has sent out to uh, leadership at Tesla. Um, so you want to just give us a, an overview of this to kick off the conversation, then we'll dive into... Uh, just the implications of remote work in general and how we feel about it.
1: Yeah. So Elon sent email out to his team members. I'm going to pull up the emails here just so I can uh, read off of them, but essentially he's telling his employees that he's not going to accept remote work any longer, uh, and that anybody that uh, does not show up to work or pushes back, he's going to assume is resigning. So taking a very, very strong stance on uh, what he believes uh, is the future of work, which isn't remote work. So, um, that's, uh, that's what he said. And he sent it in two emails. Uh, the first one was just a uh, normal kind of email out to his team. Letting them know, hey, this is, uh, this is uh, how I believe remote work, uh, should be going forward. And I don't exist. I don't think it should be a thing. And the second email was in case I wasn't clear enough, um, I assume you will resume if you don't show up or resign if you don't show up. So uh, he probably had a good amount of employees move around the country or uh, to other parts of the the world. You know, a lot of people are moving around uh, to other countries right now. And so he's telling them, you need to come back. Uh, and if you don't, uh, then you can find a job elsewhere. So uh, I don't know uh, what's going to happen with Tesla. You know, I think that uh, it's an interesting company to take this stance, one- Uh, they're building a a physical product. They have large manufacturing plants. Uh, So, you know, you've got to have some large portion of your employee base, you know, in person, just because of the nature of the product. But for those that work in corporate and in the offices, you know, I'll be interested to see how much churn, how many people leave uh, because of this announcement. Um, But what do you think?
0: Yeah, when we were first talking about this in our team Slack channel, um, I, I think my I guess not I don't know if I'd say justification for this with Elon Musk. But when you're trying to build something as innovative, or do things as innovative as Tesla is, I really do feel like uh, you need that kind of energy that comes from being an in person team and having your leadership be in person in the factory and seeing others work alongside you and work towards, you know, trying to make a big impact on the world. And that's kind of how I how I view this. So I think I don't think it's right for every company. I don't think every company should suddenly see Elon doing this and say, "Oh well, remote work is dead." Um, but I, I personally think it's a good move for a company like Tesla, like you said, building that kind of physical physical product. Um, I think that he was a little cavalier in one of his emails. He's like named the last time a remote company shipped anything worthwhile. Uh, I think that's false. I think that remote companies, uh, m- mainly software, if you're a software company that's um, building fully fully remote or a hybrid hybrid remote schedule, I think you can get a lot done. So I don't I don't think it's ex- as extreme uh, one side or the other as Elon's making it out to be. But I think if you're trying to do something that's really disruptive, then I totally get uh, why you should be kind of in person rather than fully remote. Because I just I think it all just comes back to energy and, and culture. Like that stuff is hard to quantify and put into numbers in terms of productivity. But maybe that's just my personal bias. I just feel like a lot more gets done when uh, a company like that or a startup works together in person. But you have an interesting perspective on this, Evan. You, you're you starting a company right now. Um, you know, you guys, I guess, would be considered a fully remote team because you don't necessarily have a central office, but you ended up getting co-working space. So talk about your perspective is on remote work with the startup that you're building right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, we uh, we had to build remotely to begin with because of COVID. We started in the middle of COVID. Um, yeah, we're, we're building like a hybrid. So we've got... Uh, Day-to-day is primarily remote, and then on two days a week, we meet in person in a co-working office in Louisville because most of our teams in Louisville um, and just work together for the day. Uh, We've already noticed that, you know, it does make a difference when you can sit there across from your teammate and say, hey, I've got this idea and they be able to quickly just go back and forth on it. Uh, You can't do that remotely. You know, there's some tools that can help you with that online. And, and remotely, but it's not the same and never will be the same. I'm convinced that when it comes to innovation and early culture building and things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, in person just can't be beat. So, you know, that's why we did that required two days a week to meet in person. So uh, that's our experience. You know, we definitely noticed a difference that hybrid, I think, is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but remote isn't going away. And so I know that. So we have hired a remote employee, you know, down in um, Tennessee. So uh, that'll continue to be the case because talent is now spread out and we can access more talent you know, outside of Kentucky. Um, and you know, that's just uh, the name of the game now is finding the best talent and it's not all gonna be you know, in our own backyard and uh, we've gotta figure out how to adapt.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're the same way at LeadRail at the startup that I work for. We've got a guy that's fully remote in Atlanta, fully remote in Oregon and fully remote in LA. Um, so it's like you know, a portion of our team uh, is fully remote. And now people that can come into the office in Lexington, we have a little bit of flexibility in terms of if we want to take remote days, we're able to do that. Uh, but, it, you know, the hybrid model can look different depending on the company. I don't think there's one like cookie cutter formula for having success with with remote work. Like ours is we have some people that are fully remote, some people that are fully in person, and you can kind of be flexible with that. And I think that flexibility is ultimately what employees enjoy the most um yeah but i think i do i do want to see
1: more studies begin to come out on productivity levels of remote i workers. do too. you know it's going to be lower it's it's, it's going to be lower um you know companies are trying to figure out how to monitor employees that are working remote mm-hmm. uh, and remote workers are saying they don't want that either um so i don't i don't know what's going to happen you know i don't think remote work's going away but i do think that You know, companies and employees are going to have to figure out how to build trust uh, and make sure that, you know, work's being done and people are being productive. Uh, Yeah, I I just don't think it's possible to be as productive Uh, if you're not around your coworkers, if you're not in an office that's dedicated to work. um, I I, I just don't see how you could be as productive as if you were there actually, you know, there's too many distractions, there's too many reasons to leave your desk. Uh, And even if you leave your desk while you're at work, you're meeting with other coworkers and having you know, discussions that are, you know, good, good for culture or good for the business. And you can't do that while you're at home. So yep. um, I'll be interested to see what comes out, you know, the next five years on studies related to, you know, remote work productivity.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And if you're, uh, if you're viewing this right now live, uh, go ahead and type down in the comments what you're, if you're for remote work against remote work or any opinions that you have on it. Um, so we're going to move on from that story. Uh, The next thing that we kind of wanted to cover here is just a headline that kind of kicked this off. um, It's just a broad discussion about the market conditions right now and kind of where the economy seems to be heading at the moment and and all the different um, factors that are playing into it. So the headline that I came across that kind of got me thinking about all of this, which I think uh, all of us have been thinking about this for a while, just with everything going on in the world. But uh, Jamie Dimon uh, said to brace yourself for an economic hurricane. Uh, which is being caused by the Fed in the Ukraine war. Um, so we're already seeing a lot of the effects of of those things. Uh, so I think what kicked off uh, Jamie saying this is that the Fed is now starting quantitative tightening, uh, which is when they're, I believe, uh, I'm I'm not even gonna try to give a definition because I'm not exactly sure what it is. I know it deals with um, long-term bonds and either buying them back or selling them back into the market, but essentially it, it decreases liquidity in the market. Um, so we're kind of exiting this phase where money is really cheap um, and the Fed is trying to curb inflation. Uh, we've seen inflation just kind of go uh, go wild here over these these past, uh, past few months, I mean, reaching decade, decade highs, multi-decade highs. Uh, at the same time, you've got the Ukraine war that's causing the price of gas and all sorts of other exports to go wild. Uh, and then, Evan, from your perspective, you see a lot and you study a lot with what's going on in the real estate market. So, and that's not even, that's not even all of them. We still have the, the global supply chain crisis going on at the same time. Um, so I guess to, to kick off this conversation, I just want to kind of go through each of these factors that are playing into what Jamie is called calling this economic hurricane, uh, because I think it's just something that people should be aware, uh, that likely something is coming and the reason why it's coming. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is all, I mean, some of this is just marketing, you know, his terms, you know, are just trying to get more attention on his bank and himself and make himself, you know, come out to be the thought leader. There's a lot of people speaking on this right now. I mean, there is no question that, you know, there needs to be less liquidity in the market. Um, We need to figure out how to get tighter. Everybody needs to figure out how to get tighter with their balance sheets and actually find, you know, profitable, sustainable models, whether that's a bank, a software company, a car company, you know, it's just been so much cheap capital, basically free capital, you know, in the market for people to reinvest. And so quantitative tightening basically means that, you know, the government and entities that deal with bonds are no longer reinvesting the proceeds from those bonds. And so there's less liquidity. And that that Mm -hmm. just needs to take place across the board, whether that is in my space, the venture, you know, there's venture capital tightening. uh, There's uh, companies that can't rely as much on venture capital and cheap capital to grow their business. And so now they're going to have to move out of grow at all costs to now let's find a sustainable business model. And you know, we've talked about that with App Harvest. Uh, so there's across the board a need for companies to uh, figure out what to do when capital is now really expensive. And when capital gets expensive, you got to find profitability. Mm-hmm. So that's why in the stock market, you, know, you saw so much of an exit from tech companies and more risky companies that are in the NASDAQ. Uh, and then you saw a larger move towards the more traditional uh, profitable companies that might have a, grow- a slower growth rate, uh, like in the Dow. Uh, but those are now where money's moving because uh, it's safer. You know, those are proven profitable businesses and people wanna move towards profitability versus uh, growth and high risk growth. Uh, so, you know, what that does to the economy across the board uh is you know when there's less investment uh likely due to interest rates rising you know it makes capital more expensive and so when interest rates rise it also affects the housing market and so mm-hmm. you see in the housing market uh rate on a mortgage is going up and so the housing market has slowed dramatically you know there's less people be able to afford a home now you know if it wasn't bad before as far as home prices being inflated now the mortgage Rates are coming in and making home prices even more expensive. And so there's even less people that can afford a home. And so you're seeing a lot less action in the market, uh, at least right now. So, you know, there's just a storm of things going on. You know, I think a a hurricane is a unique way to describe it, but there is, you know, a lot going on. And the only two ways to fix the economy after something like COVID, when there was just a massive amount of uncertainty and uh, capital put into the market by, you know, the government and um the only way that that can, ha- can go uh, can fix itself is a market crash or a recession uh, or uh, high interest rates and uh, the Fed does a great job managing interest rates and we come out the other side um, but either way the market's gonna you know have a little bit of a pullback whether it's a recession or not a uh, bad one, we'll see. Uh, but that, that's kind of what's going on is again, there's just been so much capital put into the market, free capital, Low interest rates. Low interest <laughs> rates are there to encourage a lot of investment and liquidity. But when they go up, and there is a need for uh, healthier balance sheets, uh, more profitability than uh, investment will uh, will go down. So uh, that that's kind of the cycle we're in. The economy goes in cycles, and we're in we're in a down cycle. Uh, doesn't mean that's bad. Uh, for some people, it's bad because maybe they're retiring right now. Um, or there's something else in their life going on that, you know, is timely related to money. Uh, but in the grand thing, grand scheme of things over a 20 year period, this is, uh, this is really healthy. Uh, it needs to happen. So, uh, that's, that's my take on, on what's coming up.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that you, you kind of hit it there. There's probably a lot of fear mongering going on in terms of the people that are talking about it and trying to make it, uh, you know, trying to cause a little bit of, I don't know if panic's the right word, but draw a lot of attention to it. So there's definitely that to take into consideration when you're hearing about these things. I think so, I think you just did a really good job of kind of describing what's going on within our own borders, within our own country. Um, What's worrying me right now, not really worrying me, but what I'm watching with a lot of interest right now and what could potentially start worrying me is what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on just in the global economy. So I think Ukraine, what, what it's done for me has made me realize how interconnected everything is And how, you know, something going on across the world can have real, uh, real effects on an entire country. So I think the the most direct one that we are feeling here in America is gas prices and the price of oil. Um, That's directly a result of this Ukraine conflict, this Ukraine war. So I think that that on top of this global supply chain crisis where we have trouble getting things like computer chips to build cars, computers, everything, you name it, everything has a computer chip in it these days. Um, I think combining those two things is pretty scary. I think if America were to go into a recession while all this is still going on, that's that's where I get worried about it. Um, but I think that this is probably the first time in my life where I've really taken a second to consider how interconnected the global economy is and what the ripple effects are of something like a, like a war breaking out in Ukraine. Um, something that we were talking about last night that I think is fun to just kind of theorize on is what's America's response when they uh, see these kind of supply chain breakdowns like we are? How much... How much will america start trying to bring production of all sorts of things in house uh, one of the things we talked about was was uh food production which our friends over at app harvest are uh, are positioned well if policy were to change and we were to try and as a country bring as much food production as possible in house um, i think that's something that we could see happen if uh if the war in ukraine continues to escalate and if the global supply chain crisis continues to to go bad we're seeing it now with with new chip factories being built uh, you know, obviously, there's a huge lead time with those. That's so not a, a quick fix. But I think we're going to start seeing more, more of uh, America trying to bring production in house for some of those things that we've realized uh, are too important to be uh, as vulnerable as they are. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's just having more control over knowing the supply chain, but you know, our economy, you know, part of the reason that inflation is bad is because of what's going on on the other side of the world. You know, you know, the, what gas prices are partially, Due to you know what's going on in Ukraine, and, uh, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot going on that uh, affects our economy, not just our supply chain, but it's all interconnected, like you said, and uh, inflation and all these things are tightly interwoven across the world. You know, a lot of other countries are seeing high inflation, but uh, there's really no avoiding inflation. You know, I think that people need to understand that when an event like COVID happens and there's a stoppage of, of work and productivity then you've got to put some kind of uh, uh, supplemental money uh, into the economy and that money doesn't come free. You know, that mm-hmm. that is just yep. what inflation is. When you introduce new money into the economy, it inflates it and uh, there is no avoiding that. And then you have to figure out ways to control it. And I think there's been some criticism on the way that the Fed has been controlling it, which has been fair. Uh, but there was no avoiding inflation after COVID. So. A lot of this is unavoidable, and this is just the side effects of COVID happening two years later, um, and you know we're just going to have to deal with it. You know I think uh, the Fed's doing an okay job. I think the economy is going to uh, fix itself, and this is why you want a free market economy. This is why you want capitalism because the market fixes itself, um, mm. and so that's that's what we're watching and witnessing right now is the uh, you know power of the U.S. banking, Fed, and government working together along with the private and public companies in our, in our nation to fix what's going on. And it'll, it'll fix itself. might not be, you know, uh, comfortable, but it's going to fix itself.
0: Our in-house economists love the take. All right. I think that's a, that's a good spot to wrap up that, that conversation. Um, I did see some comments in here from, uh, Rosie looks like she's talking just about, uh, when it comes to remote work, a lot of it depends on the work and the, you know, you have to have that self-awareness to know where are you productive. And that's exactly what I was kind of talking about there is I know personally, not nearly as productive uh, when I'm working most. So thanks for throwing those comments in there. It's always fun interacting with you guys on these lives. Uh, As we wrap up here, we've got a couple things coming up here in the next few days. Um, So tomorrow, we have a weekend thoughts coming out from a new team member of ours, Evan Boggs, who's uh, heading up a lot of our production activities. Now. Um, He's talking about the creative block and how to overcome it. He's a very uh, creative guy does a lot of video stuff, a lot of audio production. Um, So that should be a great episode coming out tomorrow. Um, on Monday, we have an interview coming out with an entrepreneur we've had on the podcast before, Brad Littrell, with Gil Wild. Um, so they're throwing a big uh, festival up in Louisville. My friend Cole Cheney is actually playing at that festival. Um, so we sat down caught up with him about what's going on in their business uh, and the the festival they're about to throw. So other than that, I think that's all we got for you guys today. hope everyone has an awesome Friday, and we will see you next week. See ya.